am thankful again for the opportunity to come today. Um, we've been talking about various aspects of prayer. And today I want to talk about a prayer that probably I don't recall, honestly, hearing anybody ever talk about before, but certainly it's a reality. And I'm going to look at three examples. One is Jesus. One is the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then one is Esther. And when I look at this, what I'm talking about is a nevertheless prayer. That's my name for it. A prayer of surrender and a prayer of release. A prayer of total sellout, total, uh, if you will, investment of all that you have and your faith in God to completely trust him in every circumstance, particularly as it relates to, you know, the burden of your heart that you're praying for. And I believe it's important to have this uh, total no plan B, sell out, surrender, nevertheless type of attitude because when we don't have it, we kind of reserve something. Like we're going to pray, but we, we're going to kind of hold back some just in case. I want to look at Jesus' example. Jesus was in, in chapter in, in Mark chapter 14, verse 36, it says, and he said, and this is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, about to have to be crucified. He said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Here's Jesus, as we know, son of God, all man, all flesh, and yet still all God. And so here he is saying, Father, I know you can do anything. All things are possible for you. And there's a place in us that's got to come in agreement with that in God to say, Lord, nothing is impossible for you. Uh, it's got to be an effectual. It's got to be a fervent. It's got to be an all hands on deck, all my willpower kind of prayer that says, I know you can do anything in the name of Jesus. You said, I can ask anything and you would do it. So here it is. There's no hose barred. I'm praying with all of my might. I'm praying and I'm pouring out everything that I got. And I'm trusting you, God, because I know you can do anything. And then there's that second part of that prayer that says, nevertheless, and that's why I call it a nevertheless prayer. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Years ago, I heard a great man of God, John Bishop, praying. His father was ill on his deathbed, in fact. And John, uh, Pastor, I said John Bishop, Bishop John Bryant, pardon me. Bishop Bryant is Pastor Jamal Bryant's uh, father. And he was praying about his father who was deathly ill. And he and God were going, you know, deep into the realm of prayer, if you will, because, you know, prayer is communion with God. It's not just a one-way conversation. And as he was pouring out his heart to God and asking God to heal his dad, his 
belief was the father finally said, the father as in our heavenly father, Abba, finally said, I need you to let him go. In other words, he's run his course. He's completed his, his race. I need you to release him. And at that moment, I'm sure, I'm speculating, because obviously I'm not Dr. Pastor Bishop Brown. I, ma I imagine his heart was broken. It was like, wait, God, you said I could ask anything. And yet there's a part of our communion, our relationship with God, that takes us to a dimension where we can say, nevertheless, not my will, your will be done. Now, some people use that more like what I would call a cop-out. Like, I'm not going to pray too hard, and therefore I can leave it out by saying, well, if it's God's will. In other words, God's will is for people to be healed. God's will is for me to be delivered or whatever my ailment is or whatever my circumstance. He wants me to be made whole. So it's not a cop-out like, so I, I mean, if he don't do it, it's because it wasn't his will. And so we hold back and we don't put all of our fervor into our prayer because we say, you know, that way I won't be disappointed. So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a prayer that goes into the very crevices of the heavenly realms where you're connecting with God, you're yearning and your heart is being poured out and you're giving it everything you got. And in the spirit, your heart has a place to say, God, I'm willing to surrender this to you. Nevertheless, not my will. There are times when I confess that I believe more healings would have taken place had there been more, more fervent prayer. I told a story, I believe is I shared it with you guys before, but maybe not, because it's a story that has impacted me in terms of my prayer. A lady went on a missions trip. Bethel, some of you all are familiar with the church out in California, and they're known for major healings. I mean, like dramatic healings happen in their worship services on a regular basis. People come from all over the world and get healed. This particular mission trip they were on, they were praying for people, and this one guy had these scales on his eyes, and they were so thick and, you know, unsightly, but the key was he couldn't see. And so they clouded his eyes. It was like crusts and yeah. Anyway, I saw a picture of it. So this young lady started praying for him. And I think others were starting to pray with her. And after a little while, nothing happened. So they decided to move on and they just kept praying other people. She stayed with this guy for an entire week because they were there for a week. At the end of the week, the scales dropped from his eyes and he could see. And I saw the picture and it was, yeah. what's the point? Somebody along the line would have said, well, this must not be God's will because he's not getting healed. So I'll just move on to the next person. She latched in and put everything on the line and said, I'm not going to let go of this prayer until God says so. So there's a fervency and a depth of prayer you have to reach to when you need God to do something that you have to be like Jacob that says, not going to let you go till you bless me. But then there's that other piece that has to be in tune with the Holy Ghost. And, and in, the, 
and knowing the will of God and, and listening to his heart as Jesus knew his purpose was to come to earth and die. There was a part of him that didn't want to abide by the thing that he was asked to do, but he had to come to a place where he said, nevertheless, not my will, Father, but your will be done. I'm saying we have to get in a place of connection with the Holy Spirit so that when the Holy Spirit says release, we release. It's a dynamic that you don't get in a casual kind of, you know, fly-by-night McDonald's quickie prayer. It ain't Burger King have it your way. It's a prayer that you have gone into the depths of your soul. He had sweat like drops of blood. He was praying with all his might. And I'm saying that's the place if you want to see a miracle, if you want to see a move of God, sometimes you got to go in deep that that soul deep that you are giving everything you got. And it's hard to articulate this, I confess. So I pray you're getting what I'm trying to communicate. Let me give you another example of what I'm saying about being sold out and, and walking in the place of a nevertheless prayer. In Daniel chapter number three, I'm going to read verses 14 to 18. And this is a familiar text. You know, we done preached it, heard about it. Probably when you were a little kid, you heard the three Hebrew boys walking in the fire. And then there was a fourth one to look like the son of man. Most preachers like to act it out. They walk in circles, you know. But I want to talk about their heart condition when they went into that fire. Daniel chapter 3, verse number 14. I'll start with 13. Then Nebuchadnezzar in rage and fury gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego so they should. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now, if you are ready at the, at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? I like it when people come against God because that's good. That means God's going to get clearly upset enough to say, oh, you dare question me? We like it when they question God because then God proves himself. Like Pharaoh, for example. And who is the the God who will deliver you from my hands, he says. Now, verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able. Remember, Jesus said, nothing is impossible for you. Is able to, to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hands. So that's their prayer, that's their petition, that's their decree. O king, but if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which which you have set up. In other words, even if he don't come through and save us out of this fire we still ain't going to worship your God. There's a nevertheless, we sold out for him. We're praying he will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, 
we will not back down and change our mind. In prayer, if you're going to see the level of uh, breakthrough that you're looking for, especially in difficult circumstances, you got to be completely sold out. You got to be willing to put it all on the line and say one plan and one plan only. God will deliver. I ain't sitting here backpedaling. I'm not explaining, well, it could have been that God wasn't willing. I'm putting it all on the line. And then by grace and by faith, I'm saying, even if he doesn't, though, I will not bow down. I will not back down. But I will, like Christ, accept not my will, God, but yours be done. But there's a place where I get there after I've put it all out there. And I've looked to God to move in my circumstance. I'm not coming with a mealy mouse prayer to give room for the just in case. You know, I don't want to pray too hard, then it, then it will look bad. No, I'm going all in. I might look like a fool, but I'm going to look like a fool for Christ because I'm putting it all on the line. There is no plan B. But nevertheless, God, if it be so that it doesn't come through the way that I want, I still trust you. I still will praise you. I still will obey you. And then the last one is Esther. You know that one as well. In Esther, Esther, the fourth chapter, you know Esther was in the king's palace and Malachi came to her and said, you know, the Jews are going to be annihilated and we need you to go into the king. And she explained that nobody can just walk into the king without being killed unless he raises his golden scepter. And he said, well, either you can do it or somebody else will. God will raise somebody else up. But he said, who knows but that you were brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. Well, then she realized, okay, God has called me. For chapter 4, verse 15, then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan, and fast for me, neither eat nor drink for three days. And I've talked to you periodically about this, and we're going to look at fasting at some point. Three days. Don't eat nothing. Don't drink nothing. My amazing I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. I'm putting it all out there. I'm putting all in. I'm standing by faith. I'm going in deep. I'm going to pray with everything I got. And I'm putting it on the line. Ain't no plan B. If I perish, I perish. That's a nevertheless kind of prayer. I'm going in. I might look crazy. People might talk about me, whatever. But I'm going to pray like I ain't got nothing else. I'm not holding anything back. And whatever come what may, it come what may. But I'm going in to see the king. That's the kind of prayer we're talking about today. That all in, no plan B, and yet a honoring and a respect and a humility that says, nevertheless, Father, if I perish, I perish, but I'm putting it on the line for you because I believe you're able to do anything. I believe there's nothing impossible for you. I believe you can save me out of this fiery furnace. I believe you can keep my head off the chopping block. I'm putting it all out there. And I'm laying my life on the line. I believe you that much. That's the kind of prayer we want to pray. That says, no holes barred, 
No mealy mouths, no halfway. I'm going all in. At some point, we're going to, again, talk about prayer and fasting and the power of that. But today, I want you to pray with a fervency and an effectualness that says, everything is on the line, God, because I know you're able. And if you don't, you don't. But it won't be because I didn't give you everything I got. But I respect you and I love you. And if it doesn't come to pass the way I want, I still will honor you. That's the kind of prayers we want to pray.